Well, good morning. What is truth? Pontius Pilate famously asked that question uh, 2,000 years ago with Jesus standing right in front of him a couple hours before Jesus was crucified. What is truth? How do I know what's true? How do I know the truth? As parents, truth is important to us, right? We want our kids, we demand that our kids tell us the truth. As kids, our, we are, our expectation and our hope and we, our trust is that our parents will tell us the truth. When you're a witness in a courtroom, what do you do? You lay your hand on the Bible and you promise to do what? To tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. At so many points and in so many situations in our lives, we, we ask the question, what's true here? How can I know what's true? But as Jack Nicholson's character shouted in the movie, a few good men, sometimes you can't handle the truth. I can't handle the truth. For example, when we're in denial about a a bad relationship, everybody sees it, but we just don't want to hear the truth. Or we're stuck in a a cycle of addiction or bad habits or struggles or personal patterns, and everybody else sees it, tries to speak to us about it, but we just don't want to hear the truth, don't want to see the truth. When we won't see a character flaw in ourselves, when a a long-held belief or opinion um, is challenged with solid evidence, we don't want to hear the truth. But as we heard a few weeks ago in John 8.32, Jesus told us, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But how do we, how do we know what's true? Well, this morning we come to, at the end of our community Bible experience, and we're looking today at a full book of the Bible, Second John, only 13 verses. And um, it's called Second John because it's the second letter. A lot of insight there for you. Second of three letters, first, second, and third John. They're, they're all in order. The fifth, fourth, and third books from the back of the Bible. And in the first four verses, John uses the word truth six times in four verses. So we know that truth is a very important theme uh, in this book. He begins with a salutation, just like we would begin with a, a dear so-and-so. Verse 1, the elder to the lady chosen by God and to her children. And after he does the opening kind of greeting, gets the pleasantries aside, he expresses that he loves them and all who know the truth. That's an interesting phrase, all who know the truth. It's a phrase that John uses to describe followers of Jesus Christ. Sort of like when police officers in many cities, what are they known as? Those who wear the blue, right? Or the Yankees, New York Yankees, they're known as pinstripers because of their uniforms. Or in days gone by, in some places still, volunteers at hospitals are known as what? Candy stripers because of the red and white striped shirts that they wear. They're identified by what they wear. But in John's case, in his letter here, he says that Christians are identified by what they know. The truth. What is truth? Let's begin with verse four. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the father commanded us. How do we know the truth? By following in Jesus, by his example. You know, when I was a youth pastor in my mid twenties, I was excited about working with families and teens. I was living in Lafayette, Indiana, where Purdue University is. And uh, but I knew enough about myself. that I didn't have it all figured out. And so I, I began to align myself, almost stock 
the, the senior pastor. He was a great guy, a godly man and a friend, and so he didn't seem to mind. Um, I began to follow him. We go to weekly meetings. I watched him in, in social settings, watched him in the pulpit, watched him in, in the hall, hospital when we went to visit people, watched him in the hallways and how he interacted with people, with his family and his children. And we would get together to discuss church stuff, of course, but also life, my own life, my goals and aspirations, my, the things that I was afraid of or concerned about, and, and also my growing relationship with this beautiful young woman named Nancy. Through following him, I began to grasp what true ministry was about, what it looked like. We learned by example. And that's how John and the disciples learned as well. That's how they come, came to know and experience the truth. For three years, Jesus walked around and did ministry, and John followed him. Jesus healing the blind man at the pool in Bethesda, Jesus, or John was there. Jesus feeding the 5,000 with a few loaves and fish, John was there too. Jesus calming the Sea of Galilee during a storm, John was in the boat. The Sermon on the Mount, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, water into wine, Palm Sunday, the Last Supper. John was at all of these, learning the truth. The truth about us as human beings and our need for God. The truth about what God values. The truth about God's love. The truth about forgiveness and grace and mercy and so much more. John learned by the truth by following Jesus. And of course, this lesson by example was not complete until John followed Jesus to the cross and then to the empty tomb. And the light bulb went on for him and he understood the truth. He knew the truth. And he followed the truth. And he dedicated the rest of his life to teaching others about that truth. Now, I'm going to share, posit something here and please don't apply this to every circumstance in your life or situation. But let's say perhaps you're feeling distant from God and you're wavering in your faith. You're struggling in your personal walk. Might I posit sometimes it's because we've stopped following. You see, the Christian faith is called a walk for a reason. It's not static. It's to be dynamic and an ongoing relationship. Verse 4 uses the phrase walking in the truth, which implies what? Movement and following. Jesus doesn't stand still. He didn't when he walked this earth. He doesn't today through his spirit. He's everywhere working and moving in us, in the church, in the community, in the world. And he asked us as his disciples to go with him. To follow because that's how we know truth. By following him, by studying his word. So we can understand him better, his values, his priorities. His heart, his teaching. And we learn by following his spirit's leading and through prayer and through involvement in his church and service in the world. John urges us, walk in the truth. Don't stand still in the truth. Stand firm in the faith, but walk in the truth. Verse 5, And now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Mahatma Gandhi was a Gandhi was an incredible man who led a, a revolution in India. And he inspired Martin Luther King Jr. 
with his model of passive disobedience. He was raised a Hindu, and as a young man, like Pilate, he asked this all-important question, what is truth? How do I know what's true? And in his search for truth, he found himself very attracted to the, the person and teachings of Jesus, particularly in how Jesus treated all people with respect and dignity and love. Perhaps, Gandhi thought, perhaps this could be the answer to the problems in my country, the horrible caste system in which women and the poor and certain ethnic groups are treated with disrespect and discrimination and ostracism and hostility. Maybe, just maybe, he thought, Jesus' teachings can transform my country. And so Gandhi went to church. And what he discovered was that the caste system, which was so prevalent in society, was just as entrenched in the church. And disappointed, he concluded that Christianity wasn't the answer after all. For what, if what he saw in the church was its product, then it must not be the answer to his search for truth. This is love, verse 6 states, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you love, that you walk in love. So how do we know the truth? By living the truth out. By living for Jesus Christ, like Jesus Christ when he walked this earth. You see, because what we say is important, right? But what we do is more important. If we speak the truth but do not live it out, our witness is weakened. The truth is clouded by our inconsistencies. If we don't live the truth out, if we don't live for Jesus and like Jesus, when people look for truth in the church, the danger is that they may never see past us and our failures and our Weaknesses and inconsistency and hypocrisy and find the truth in Jesus Christ. And the way to live that truth, Jesus, or John tells us, is to obey Jesus and walk in love. Now, if you know anything about John at all, you'll know that, that love is the defining central theme of his life and ministry. And we know that because of his writings. He focuses so much on it. First John 4, God is love. 1 John 3, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and so shall we love others. And so shall we for others. John, again, this is how we know that we love God, we love others. 1 John, um, as well, again, dear brothers and sisters, don't love only with words, but with action and in deed. John was simply restating what he learned by following Jesus. At the Last Supper in John 13, Jesus said this, A new command I give you, love one another. And as I have loved you, love one another. So if we want to know the truth as followers of Christ, we must live the truth out by loving others the way that Jesus did and does. By laying down our lives, putting aside our agendas, setting aside our fears and prejudices and stereotypes and picking up the cross of Jesus Christ, taking up his example and putting others before ourselves in love. Now we come to some verses that may seem out of place in seconds on after all this talk about truth and love. Verse 7, Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. And then John goes on in the next few verses with some pretty strong language and warnings. What does this fit? How does this fit with, with truth and love? 
Hang with me for a minute. Uh, the Secret Service is known by most of us as the, the elite uh, force that's trained to protect the president, right, and his family. We, we picture them in dark suits, fit and trim, tall, erect, serious, sunglasses, running alongside the limousine, right? And yet the Secret Service is much more than an elite guard corps for the president. They also work for the U.S. Treasury to prevent counterfeiting of U.S. money. The two tasks are connected, right, if you think about it. If the president is harmed, national security is compromised, and we are weakened as a nation. If American currency is compromised through counterfeiting, confidence in our economy is shaken, we are weakened as a nation. And so as part of their training, Secret Service agents are drilled over and over and over again until they not only recognize an authentic bill, but also a counterfeit one. The thinking is to be effective in their job. They must not only know what a real bill is, but also a false one. The same is true of our walk with Christ, our faith in Christ, the Christian faith. To stay strong in our faith, not only must we know what the truth is, but we also must know what the truth is not. First, what is not the truth? Well, in verse 7, John warns his readers that there are many who do not acknowledge that Jesus came in the flesh. In other words, there were people who believed, did not believe that Jesus was really the Son of God and that, when he, that he wasn't in human form when he came to earth. That is central to the gospel. I mean, if Jesus did not come in the flesh, God in flesh, and his death for our sin wouldn't help us and we'd be lost. And if Jesus Christ didn't come in the flesh and wasn't the Son of God and wasn't raised from the dead, we have no hope after the grave. You know, many people admire Jesus as being a good man and a profound teacher, but they don't acknowledge him as the Son of God who took on human flesh. And without that truth, there is no good news. And John warns us against that worldview, that belief, and he calls it the Antichrist. But what is the truth? How do we know it? Jesus tells us in John fourteen six, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so we know the truth by, by living with Jesus Christ, by putting our trust in him in a personal relationship, doing life with him through his spirit. You know, it's revealing Jesus doesn't say, okay, everybody listen up, gather around. I'm going to tell you what's up. This is what's truth. And so he says, everybody gather around. Look at me. I am the truth. And what that tells me is that Christianity isn't intended to be only about doctrine. Don't hear me wrong. Good, true, biblical doctrine is essential. It keeps us from straying into heresy and, and walking off away from our Lord and falling into wrong thinking. But it isn't intended to be only about doctrine. I believe what John is telling us is that the Christian faith first and foremost, must begin with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about knowing Him. It's about walking with Him. It's about living for Him and with Him as the truth. You know, we can't know the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth if we don't know Jesus Christ. And the truth is, is that each one of us falls short of God's standard. Each one of us needs forgiveness, don't we? Each one of us at different times and different ways breaks God's, God's laws. 
And we're all guilty. We're all deserving of the consequences of our wrong choices. And it doesn't make any difference about the times that we didn't break the law. That doesn't help us when we do sin. For example, a few years ago, I was pulled over by a police officer. I'm sure all of you at some point have had that experience. I know Wes has many times, right? He's told me, no. Sorry, I just, you know, threw him under the bus. Yeah, he'll get me later. He'll get me next week. Um, but I was headed to Kansas City for church meetings and I was running behind and, you know, you get a little distracted. And I was on Country Club Road, headed west, coming up on Simpson. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a police van on the side of the road. And what, what do you do instinctively when you see a police car or van? You take your foot off the gas. You look down quickly to see how fast you're going. Even if you're on cruise control and you're at the speed limit, it's involuntary. You just have to do it. I look down, I'm going 50 and a 40. I'm hoping the policeman will have mercy. I throw up a little prayer. Come on, God. You know, and uh, the lights come on. He pulls me over. Um, I'm thinking, what do I do here? I'll just be polite. Do I pull up my pastor card? Hi, I'm a pastor. <laughs> didn't, didn't do that. I, he, I rolled down my window. I gave him my license and registration. And I hope for the best. But then when he walked away, I was knew I, that I was doomed because I had left my trooper sunglasses on. He couldn't see my eyes. I thought, he's not going to trust me. And, you know, he thinks I'm mocking him or something. And so I got my ticket and I go through a range of emotions. My mind told me, Doug, you deserve this. You were going 50 and a 40. It was my first ticket in over 20 years. I mean, it's not too bad. And I began to justify myself, though. It was on the edge of town. There were no other cars on the road, no dogs in the ditches, no bikes, no kids in sight. The houses are like, what, a half a mile you know, not, or from the edge of the road? Not that far, but they're, they're, they're not close to the road, you know. Um, I'd slowed down when I noticed him. I had been polite. I'd smile. I said, thank you, you know. <laughs> but the truth is, I was guilty. And not only that time, I mean, I try to be a good and safe driver. I try to not break the law. But over the past 20 some years, I know there have been many times Unintentionally, sometimes intentionally, when I've pushed it a little bit and I didn't get a ticket. Going a little bit over the speed limit, maybe rolling through a, a yellow slash pink light, you know. Doing a farmer's stop, you know what those are. You come to the stop sign, you don't completely stop, you roll on through. Just... There have been many times when I deserved a ticket but didn't get one. And the truth is, is if we will admit it, we have all broken God's laws time and time and time again. And we cannot, we cannot justify ourselves and our actions. And the truth is, is the only way we can be forgiven is through faith in Christ, through trusting in him as a way, the truth and the life. And the truth is that Jesus is present here today through his spirit, offering his love and his grace and his mercy. What is truth? How do I know it? Pilate asked. You know the story tragically. Pilate didn't know the answer, didn't get the answer, even though the answer was right in front of him, standing there, right under his nose. Jesus is the truth. And he showed he is the truth through this life and through his teachings and through the cross and through the empty tomb. We will know the truth by following Jesus Christ, by living like him, for him, by living with him through personal faith in him. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your word, which is true, which is truth, which is alive and active, which cuts through our excuses and convicts us, but also sets us free to know you personally, to know your grace and your mercy, to to receive abundant life and eternal life. We thank you for your word. We're grateful as well that, of course, Jesus Christ is the word, that he became flesh, was one of us, gave his life for us, and then defeated death through the resurrection. We thank you for Jesus Christ, the living word. We pray, Lord, that we would be people who, who seek the truth, who make it a priority, who know the truth through following you, Lord Jesus, through living for you, Lord Jesus, and living with you. Amen.